everyone. Welcome back to Talking in Stations. I'm your host, Rain. I'm joined here with Nick. Nick's having microphone issues. I'm assuming Twitch chat can hear him, but now Discord's being an issue for whatever reason. Then we also have KCLP with us. Casey, you want to give us a brief introduction of who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm KCLP. I'm uh, currently in FC for Brave Collective. All right. Good to have you on. So our topic today is going to be about the war in the north, but first we're going to start off with the news about dock workers. So there's been, I think someone said a Reddit thread, and then there's a screenshot going around that dock workers is actually closing down. I believe their main leader, whose name I forget, and if I say it, I know it's going to be wrong. Who is it? Is it Alexander? I want to say Alexander, but I think that's wrong. Oh yeah, Alexander stepped down leadership, and then all the other corp CEOs took a vote, and then they just decided to go their separate ways. So dock workers has been a presence, I feel like for the, I want to say the last couple of years, but it's probably longer and faction warfare space, but also just all over. I think we've seen them across. I want to say I've seen them in a lot of NullSec fights. I don't know if they took part in Vietnam, World War B2, but they, they've made their presence known. Kind of, I always am sad when alliances die. I'm not sure if Casey, if you know much about them. I don't know too much about them, but I've interacted with them a couple of times. One of their main, uh, before this announcement, one of their main FCs actually who was ex-Brave, went back to Brave. That's as far as I know about the current situation. Yeah, so, I mean, Brave's having lots of fun, obviously, but yeah, so it's not fun. Hopefully, I want to say, even though people aren't doing stuff in Dock Workers, hopefully they stay in the game. Watching Alliances fall usually means some of the folks leave the game, which isn't good for anyone. Like the game needs people, the game needs population, so it kind of kind of sucks. Can you hear me now? We obviously have some fans in the chat talking them up, so they will be missed. So, but I, otherwise, there's not much more there. I don't normally when stuff like this happens, there's usually like drama. All right, we're back. Hopefully, I didn't break too much. No, you're good. I can hear you. Yay! All right. Yeah, evidently they can in the chat also. One of the things I wanted to bring up was there is a extensive Reddit thread going on about the dock worker thing. Some of it's complimentary, some of it's not. You know, typical Reddit stuff. They did mention that there's a bunch of, you know, that the court leaderships had decided to go their own way, but no one's bailed out a dock worker yet. So I think they're wait pure supposition on my part, you know, waiting for folks to get their stuff moved, get things safe. And then it happens. But when you look over at Dotland, like nobody's left yet. Yeah, that would make sense. Because I think because of how not I don't want to say big they were, but like how large their presence was, they have like capitals and stuff like that. And then it's low sex space. So they're going from like citadels to NPC stations or like more public stations. So I think that would be pretty. It's like a pretty easy move, I think. Not like you're evacuing out of, I don't know like NullSec or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like I said, and if you read through some of the Reddit, I mean, there's a lot of folks giving them props for fighting and for hanging out, and I guess they did a good chunk of low-sec gate camps to make that a spicy to get through. And then, of course, there's the salty folk, you know, with the, oh, you killed another alliance. Kind of the whole gamut of stuff you'd expect to see on EVE. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're shut, shuttering their doors like similar alliances in the past. 
hopefully maybe they'll all come back with the faction warfare rework and they're just taking time off for the summer because summer and going outside is fun but we'll have to see so unless any of you had more thoughts i kind of want to shift gears tldr why they're shutting down oh leadership is leaving so i think their main guy left alexander and then everyone else voted to just kind of go their separate ways all right, so that was a Twitch chat question. So I'm gonna, we can shift gears to talk about the war in the North. So I'm gonna, Casey, I'll start first by summarizing it, how an outside perspective thinks based on what I saw like a week ago when I was streaming. So from what I know, fraternity lives a lot in the North and then you have folks like Brave and Volta who also live in the North and they're neighbors. For whatever reason, they've declared war. I think fraternity's perspective is we want more land and Volta and Brave are saying, no, this is our land or land space, I guess is the right way. And then everyone has friends involved. So when I say fraternity, I mean really Winterco. And then when I say Volta, I really mean, was it Greater Trash Coalition, which includes Brave and all these other alliances. So the long story short is we have now two kind of sides fighting in the North and some other groups come up. Like I remember NCDOT got called up and then I'm not, some people hinted that other people were called to fight, but then didn't show up. But yeah, so so I don't know, Casey, if you want to take us from there, how accurate is that? Do you have any higher level history or backstory? Quick, quick question that I'm sure Casey will be able to answer. Is this confined to the decline in branch area or is it more global in the north? So fighting has really been kind of spread out. So you have right now a lot of the main fighting is actually happening in pure blind but you also have smaller level skirmishes going on in Fade, Declan, Branch, even Tribute, Vale, and uh, Tinal. And you have, you have all sorts of SIGs deployed to the back lines. And you also have, interestingly enough, there's also some fighting going on on the opposite side of Fraternity's territory in Geminit as, you, as, uh, Arcos, uh, as Arcos Corps and some other groups like uh, HiSec Miners are taking the taking advantage of the war to hit fraternity's renter space on the other side of the map as well. Yeah, as you're going over those areas, I'm kind of popping to them on the dot land with the kills in the last 24 hours shown. So as you see the darker colors, there's more activity in those particular areas for the folks watching. All righty. So we have fights going across the north. That's interesting. I didn't know there was fighting in Geminit. Yes, actually, I think last night even, while there, there's the fight going on, there's a fight going on in Pureblind. And I think it was about a 60-bill fight in total. And at the same time, there was also a fight going on in Geminit, which I think fraternity renters or fraternity allies lost about, I want to say about 30-bill worth of capitals at the same time that the fight in Pureblind was going on. Okay, and so this fighting, so I, I said it was fighting really for space. Fraternity wants GTC space, GTC wants to keep their space. Does GTC also want to expand and take some of Fraternity's regions, or are they good where they stand right now? I don't think GTC really wants or needs, needs to expand. They were perfectly content uh, where they were. If If any offensive action takes place against fraternity's space from this point on it's not in the sake of expansion but more as the sake of retaliation for what's been done to them 
Okay. So any space that GTC kind of gets that they didn't originally have is more of a way to kind of tell the attackers to heck off sort of situation. Yes, yes. But as of the moment, it's more or less a purely defensive war. You did see there was one, there was an attempt by Volta to anchor a Fortizar in YTAC 1918, which is, of course, across that regional from Declan into Branch. And that was met with over 1,200, over 1,200 players including bat phones and from fraternity rentico side they even called out a 200 uh, about a 200 man nc Cerberus fleet also came you had a, you had of course Skill yourself came and even deepwater hooligans came with a sizable vulture fleet now you had mentioned you're a brave collective fc so what has been your part in this so far what have you been working on yourself Mainly, I've been mainly I've been mostly re, mainly reacting. I'd say about seventy to eighty percent of reacting to FRT fleets that come into our space or a GTC space. I've also done some stuff in at the beginning of the war. There's some stuff that was going on in in Pakvin where we were coordinating fraternities now Volta Fortisar. A reinforcing at the same time as other Fortisars in Nolsec as well. I've also done some capital and super FCing, but not as much as the other FCing I've done. Now, I'm just kind of off topic, but kind of not, is what do you like FCing in the subcap line? Because we all have our particular favorites. Um, of- so I can FC Minions and Cerberus really well, but my my actually favorite style of FCing is more of the smaller. Uh, I, I actually lead Braves Proc Sig. That's my favorite kind of FCing, like that small 20 to 30 man versus 20 to 30 man fights. I like my Dregovac fleets. I FC from a monitor as uh, as few times as I have to. <laughs> I much prefer doing it from a command ship or even something else. But if you have to use a monitor, you have to use a monitor. Fair enough, man. Just had to ask. Now, I kind of forgot where we were going because we were talking about your experience of seeing. So oh. we were going over the background of how yeah. this kind of all kicked off. So I think this can all be traced. You could really go back far with this. You could go as far back as 2019, 20, 2019, 2018 with this, but if you want to go more recently, I think it was either 20, it was, I think it was about 2020 uh, when FRATS first started expanding into the north to Vale of the Silent. You had the more or less, I think they were called the Freemen of the North Coalition there. You had Rote Capel, Rote Capel, I forget the other groups, but there's some more or less independent alliances living in Vale of the Silent. And they were fighting against scum lords who were at the time aligned with fraternity. And they were even called like fraternity pets at the time or whatever. 
but Fraternity decided that they wanted to expand north, and in the in the process, they not only kicked out all of those independent alliances, they also kicked out scum lords, which caused scum lords to join to join C and Volta, who who and several other groups which moved further west into Declan and the Fade area. And then you, you did have some fighting going on in the north between GTC and Fraternity until eventually they signed a nip with each other, which essentially ended all conflict. And I think Fraternity ended up gaining branch and veil and tribute out of that engagement. Fast forward, fast forward a year or two, you have, you have Boss Alliance, which was newly formed out of remnants of, of mainly X-Test and X-Brave, and they moved themselves up to Venal area, and they, you know, they staged around the NPC space there. They, they. They staged around the NPC space there. They dropped some, a lot of astrohuses, some Fortizars, and basically their horse stick was. Uh, they would hit fraternity, fraternity territory. They would blobs into it, even like nano supers, all of that stuff. And fraternity didn't really like that, so they did a campaign to burn all of Boss's Venor structures to the ground. Of course, uh, you know how hard it is to evict someone from NPC space, so this went on for a very, very long time. I think it started in the early, late 2021, and it going on into early 2022. And uh, at this time, you really saw the first, the first signs of a GTC brave sort of partnership forming because uh, Brave was moving, Brave moved into Pure Blind early 2022, early, late 2021. And they really wanted to get away from the large coalition, large coalition kind of stuff. They, a lot of the discussions were made that they that we were never going to join a large coalition. We were never going to join Imperium, Rintico, Panfam. We more or less wanted to stick it out on our own in Pure Blind. And so while this fighting was going on in Venal, you had sometimes you would have fleets from Brave and TTC showing up to support boss against fraternity because you know we're all about supporting like the smaller guys against the bigger guys and more or less you had you even had brave using the jump bridges to get up to the north faster and of course there's no formal blue status there's no formal agreements between Brave and GTC. In fact, I think even like a month or two before this war kicked off against Fraternity, there was a 100 bill dread brawl, dread brawl between between Volta and Brave in Pure Blind. And so the Venal fighting settled down after a while. 
boss decided to actually join GTC formally, and they moved into Fade along with most of their most of their members. And the, I think the first signs of war, of further war that was happening, was probably one to two months before this all kicked off. You had so you had bander logs in NPC space in Pureblind. And Banderlogs is part of GTC now, but before they were mainly independent. They're in Pureblind NPC space, and they also had some software of their own. They still do. Uh, but you saw FRT start making early moves into uh, Pureblind. I, I heard rumors of them that they were going to do it like probably two to three weeks before they put their first structures down. But you saw them... The first thing that happened was they put a Fortizard down in uh, 5ZX, which was also the staging of the staging of of Banderlogs at the time, and also where most people ran their NPC missions out of the NPC burner missions. And from there, you had more Sov attacks. You had Fraternity taking out Banderlogs, Athenors and placing Tatars on their, of their own on R64s. You had some SOV being taken. You saw a D7T being taken, which is now a very prominent jump ridge, very important jump ridge for Fraternity to get them from Tribute to Pureblind fast. And eventually you had, it was about a 60-70 bill fight over the final timer of Bandalog's Fortizar in 5ZX, where Fraternity brought pretty much their entire supercap fleet, along with three to four full subcap fleets. And on the other side, you had Brave defending, you had GTT defending Banderlogs, even Horde. Horde and Test, interestingly enough, also showed up to defend Banderlogs, that Banderlogs fort is our you even had Initiative show up in a tornado fleet. To, basically, everyone you can think of that wasn't Rinterco came to shoot Fraternity there. But basically, after that happened, things kind of died down a little bit. Uh, Snuffed Out was doing some things in Pureblind. They dropped in Asphel, one jump from, from Brave's previous staging in QTAC 5 in Pureblind. And for the anchoring timer, Snuff actually didn't show up to the fight, but Fraternity showed up to the fight. And they shot our jammer in that system. And they also shot our fleets. But then they ended up just shooting the Snuff as well themselves. You also saw the, you also see during this time the reformation of Skill Yourself. If you remember, Skill Yourself used to control all of pretty much the entire drone regions during the i think it was called the holy war where they kicked out the previous residents and during the 2018-2019 fraternity war against legacy coalition scare yourself was one of fraternity's main allies during that uh scare yourself of course disbanded but they've been coming back at a smaller scale than they used to be, but still, they can still form 40, 50 man fleets. They've been staging out of NPC Pure Blind, and again, 
they this time they they've been allied aligned themselves with with fraternity with including I've seen some fraternity fleets you've seen that before providing faxes for fraternity fleets and just more or less supporting their objectives and so this war really first kicked off fraternity dropped a fortizar in 7rm in 7rm one jump away from brave's now staging keepstar in ftech n and so they they dropped it in chinese time zone and they were able to anchor it eventually brave was able to kill it but it took it took a lot to kill it i think 250 munins died to, in order to kill that fortizar and some carriers but it did die and then from there you had the keepstar and 5zx being dropped you had more infrastructure being dropped from fraternity and pure blind astrohuses in the npc constellation fortizars and then another keepstar in rory which is one jump from fade and then you had I think you had the official declaration of war by all of the sides of fraternity declared war first and then brave and TTC responded in kind you had more fortizars being dropped in fade one of which some of which died on anchored many of which went through and then from there it's just been more back and forth a lot of back and forth Fraternity has been sending constant US time zone fleets into Pureblind mainly to ref either just to ref structures or to reinforce iHubs they successfully reinforced two iHubs during this war one was in Ftech N and you actually saw the biggest fight of that war in Ftech N which I might talk about a little more detail later but Brave defended that one and you also had EC Tech being refed which came out a day after Ftech N which was last night which Brave also managed to defend uh which was also a pretty big fight but although not nearly as big as the Ftech N iHub fight still 300 people dropped in that and shooting also next door in EW there's another Obviously, in the last 24 hours, that's almost a thousand ships in those two systems. Yes. So yeah, the fighting was very much, more or less, it was spread out between those two systems with smaller skirmishes across the constellation. So yeah, from there, it's been more or less of a stalemate. Brave. So the reason Fraternity went for those Brave iHubs first is because we originally had them set to U.S. time zone, which is. the equivalent of uh the morning morning late and then late years time zone is going on into noon and afternoon for chinese time zone so fraternity tried to go for the headshot there but since then the i think all the timers have been set into deep eu time zone which is obviously the middle of the night for their chinese time zone Is Volta uh, as an assassin Volta and friends also more EU time zone based too? Yes, Volta and GTC is very very heavily 
EU time zone based, much more so than Brave even. Okay. Thank you, Nick. But yeah, that's. I feel like it seems like people who are paying attention knew war was coming, whereas everyone else, like, I was pretty surprised. I was like, oh, why are they fighting a war? Like, that's kind of weird. And then, like, the whole wanting to... I think Fraternity's incentive of wanting to expand their space is kind of weird, too. But it could also be, I think, I've heard f some folks say this, of like, oh, it's just a war for content. It's not a big deal. You're just saying, oh, there's a war, so you can hit some my hubs and then actually have some good fights. Which, from what you're describing, it sounds like there have been some good fights. Like people, Fraternity gets to use their, like, super cat fleet. You obviously get to FC tons of fleets and, and whatnot. Yes, I, I would say on average, every single night, really, there's been at least one, one, one 10 bill plus fight nearly every single night. In fact, I just posted a battle report from the FTECN iHub timer in the, one of the channels. Yeah, yeah I got uh, it. I yeah, I'll, I can that. pull that up. Sure, I got it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So well, see. That fight, I think, in probably one of the in the six years, uh, six to seven years that I've been playing, it's been easily one of my top three easy favorite fights, if not my favorite fight. So you had. It's just basically a, it's a combination of everything, everything going right. It was a good timer. Uh, you had people everywhere show up left and right from Brave that re, that uh, resubbed to try. I know one guy that resubbed like five accounts to defend to help defend our home system. But you had not only that, but you had everyone from different alliances show up out of the woodworks from people we didn't even know <laughs> that were messaging us to see if they could help out. And we did actually have a lot of neutral groups that did show up and help. Either they were gate camping reinforcements in, or they were giving out intel. We had people from alliances that from alliances whose alliances wouldn't let them help but they still showed up and gave intel and that kind of stuff basically a lot of support from different alliances which probably added an easy 100 numbers 100 100 people to our side but before that fight you had a lot of planning going on by the brave fc team i think in the pre-fight brief we had 20 plus fcs or other leadership basically sit down like an hour or two hours before, actually three hours before the timer. And we went over, we laid out our plan of, about how the fight was going to go down. I'm, uh, I'm just looking at that battle report. Got a quick question on that because you're right. A ton of smaller groups or groups of various sizes showed up on both sides to help out. And I see Brave Collective on the same side with Bander Logs, and y'all took some space from them not too long ago. So I take that mended the relationship there. Oh yeah, we have, so Bander Logs is part of. We, we have a pretty good relationship with Bander Logs now. They're in GTC now, and even before that, when Fraternity was first pushing into them, there was some coordination going on with Bander Logs. We put aside our differences and. Uh, we decided to shoot the, <laughs> the, the 
batter guys, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, basically, this fight, not only was it, I think, every single, every single line member doing that fleet, I think, had, had fun. There is minimal, minimal tie dye, even though there is over, there's like 1,600 people because fighting was spread out across the entire constellation there is very very minimal tie-dye i think the worst it got, got was like 60 percent which was very brief you saw but yeah there is all sorts of different fleets going out brave had a dedicated dictor and small gang small gang fleet you had dedicated you had a dedicated you had three fleets from Three mainline fleets from Brave. There is a, a hack fleet. I think there's, I, I think there's one hack fleet, and then there was a, a Jackdaw Tower fleet. You had a Brave brought out their capital and super fleet, which you even had nano supers going around the constellation, being pre-scouted, killing enemy Entosis faxes. That's kind of impressive. I don't think I'd ever expect that to happen, but that sounds hilariously fun. Yes, and before the fight, FRT also did some prep of their own. They put like 10 dreads in every single system during their prime time. And they, they, you can see that some of them actually ended up dying. And then I, I think probably one of the most significant things that happened is they gated, as you might see, they gated... 40 supers and about 40 fax 10 carriers into the constellation under a signer jammer on the same grid as brave supers and carriers and uh, they basically they didn't really do much during the fight but i i thought it was a really very cool move by fraternity i think during when they first gated in they lost like two apostles before our supers and carriers got pretty much fully defanged by their SS fighters from their carriers. And of course, we didn't have that many to begin with. We had, I think, I think six supers, five carriers or something like that against their 40 carriers and 10, 40 supers and 10 carriers. But they, after they gated in, they basically burned back to the gate and jumped back out. Uh, it's still a gutsy uh, move. I, I just like it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and they, we actually had there. So there's a neutral fleet from Sigma Grind set on the other side with flycatchers, a flycatcher fleet that actually. So basically, from the super fleet jumping in to them trying to get back out, took them about 90 minutes to two two hours because that flycatcher fleet, and a flycatcher fleet was also instrumental in catching. I think Flycatcher Fleet probably caught about five, five bill in stragglers in KLY, which in like of, of Munin, Zealots, and Tosha ships, which was very helpful. But uh, yeah, this was like our first really, really big victory against Fraternity. And it, it was a very big morale boost. And uh, it was just overall a very insane engagement if you look at the hack numbers if you look at the hack numbers themselves fraternity brought just under 500 
packs worth of zealots, uh, mutants. I think there's some Cerberuses as well. And on the GTC Brave side, we had just over 300. So it was a very, there's a lot of maneuvering going on. There's some, at the very beginning of the fight, there is an entire fraternity mutant fleet that was camped into a pass. I think Norris, Norris's monitor, got killed one time and he, we actually stole it the second time. <laughs> and so yeah, it was all in all a very good, very big win for Brave. And it was, I think, the last opportunity Fraternity had to take Brave out of the picture quickly. We did have the ECTAC IHUB timer. We had the ECTAC IHUB timer, yes, last night, which in terms of the escort it went in Fraternity's favor. I think it was 25, 23, 25 bill lost by Fraternity and like 30 to 35 bill lost by Brave, but the IHUB was defended again by Brave. So we have a question in chat. So we're talking a lot about these fights and sort of the objectives. So I guess since you're in Brave and you, you guys are kind of on the defensive because Fraternity wants your space, are you just going to mostly defend until Winterco either like kicks you out or like stops? Or are you guys going to actually push back against Winterco? Uh, so the thing with Winterco is they are primarily, they're primarily t Chinese time zone, which makes any offensive plays extremely hard. If you saw, if you remember, I remember the Legacy versus Renter Coalition War in the, I think it was 2018, 2019. That was extremely drawn out because of the time zone differences. And here we have even less, less numbers than we did before. And even during the FTAC and IHUB timer, probably a good 300 to 400 of that from Fraternity out of the 600 they had were from their Chinese time zone corps. And it, and that was not even in their prime time. That was like in the morning for them. So any offensive plays are probably going to be relegated to blops drops, baiting, cloaky camping. I think at our current pace, we can probably hold out against Fraternity more or less indefinitely. It's just a matter of who gives up, who gives up first. And you saw in the World War B2 or Vietnam, whatever side you're on, that how powerful the defender advantage can be. You see even after Imperium was relegated to basically their last one to two constellations, they were still able to hold out because of how defensive wars work. And you saw, unfortunately, I had to, I was not there for the last couple months of that war, but more or less they, their morale held and basically Pappy, Pappy's side lost steam and were not able to, they basically weren't able to keep up the war. Well, that and that, and if you look, Frat's got some serious numbers, too, over 24,000. So, yeah, keeping the morale up, they don't have to target as many folk. Yes, and you also see that the war is very... Un 
I don't want to speak as a whole for fraternity, but as far as I can tell, a lot of their members looking at internal chats, internal discords, especially among their their EN time zone contingent, their EU time zone and US time zone, the war is somewhat unpopular. Or, and I was actually checking some horde discords as well, and a lot of, a lot of, from fraternities, enemies that were, from Panfam are also, more or less, <laughs> supporting Brave from the sidelines. From what I, from all I can gather, even the, the Matani made in a recent, in a recent address he was actually also cheering for brave which i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but uh, it is uh, it is what it is yeah it's really fun i know i always join in on cheering for brave i'm in pl so obviously i'd be more fraternity aligned if my alliance probably had to pick a side but it's always fun because people get really defensive when you attack when you insult them for attacking brave and this is coming from somebody in pl who's notorious for attacking brave so it's kind of fun then Apollo in chat's asking who's attacking and who's defending. So Fraternity is trying to invade both Brave and Volta space. And so we're just kind of, with I would say, within a month of the official war declaration. But there's been fighting going on for oh, quite a while. So we're only a month in. Just Casey giving us an update. So Casey's a, a Brave, or an FC for Brave. And he, he's been fighting in a lot of these fights. So he's breaking them down, kind of the goals, the objectives, who came and who won and who lost. Another interesting turn of events from this at the beginning you had you actually had snuffed out and you had snuffed out on the side of fraternity until very very recently and they were fighting in joint fleets with skill yourself uh, and i forgot to mention skill yourself is under a new alliance banner i'm not gonna even attempt I call it keyboard to, smash. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt. But basically, they've been flying in joint fleets until very recently. Re I know that Tau, Tau AD has gone AFK recently, but he he and some other snuff leadership actually got on at some point during the last week, and they more or less yelled at their members for flying in Skillu fleets against Brave and supporting Fraternity. And so... Uh, since then, I've seen a lot less snuffed out participation during this war. You also had deep water hooligans that have showed up a couple of times. They haven't showed up a lot of times recently, but they've showed up before in zealot fleets. And Jackdaw, they showed up in a Jackdaw fleet for the FTEC and IHUB timer on the side of Fraternity. If they've been hired as mercs against against Brave and TTC, I don't know, or if they're just doing it for fun, who knows. All right. Yeah, I know, I think the discussion I hear from at least Keyboard Smash is there's a lot of, they say they're getting paid by Fraternity, but I also think it's some beef with Volta. But yeah, I'm not sure in all the details. I don't know why some sides pick sides that they do. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't be the first time that Screw Yourself made made move or decided to join up with fraternity during the legacy versus Rintico war that war was preempted with scare yourself 
but making offensive moves into Amencia like a month before. And the exact same thing happened here. Skirishov started making themselves known against Brave and TTC like a month before the war kicked off. Same thing. Yeah. Oh, Deluxe says it's mostly for fun. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's how it goes a lot of times, right? Like, skill use mostly US, EU. They have some Australian time zone folks. But I think if they want content, instead of fighting against Fraternity, which has mostly Chinese time zone, it's probably easier to fight against the guys with a strong US or EU time zone. So, yeah, makes sense. I think I was trying to say, like, we kind of talked future state because we talked a lot about what's been happening. Do you think this war is going to get bigger? I know there's a war in the South. Talking Stations hasn't really touched on it much. But do you think the folks from the South are going to come up? So that's mostly like PanFam and Fire versus Imperium. Do you think any of those like coalitions will get involved? I think, I think that right now, Imperium and PanFam are mostly going to be focused in the South. I think if there's the opportunity for it, I think, in fact, we already saw that Northern Coalition came up that one time with a 200-man troop fleet, but I think it's mainly going to be opportunistic, opportunistic bat phoning, more or less. If there's, I think if there's nothing going on in the South, which uh, I think, there, who knows, maybe there'll be something, there'll be something where the stars align and both Imperium and PanFam are, uh, have no timers to go to, and they might show up at some point, but I think if it does happen, it's going to be a one or two off situation. Alrighty. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I remember, cause I was streaming that fight and people were like in CDOT's here and I could only see like one person in the system and then they showed up with their fleet. That was, I wasn't expecting it. Cause like, I don't know. I wouldn't expect NC to travel that far. It's a long ways. Sorry, my cat made a noise, but uh, yeah. What about, so like we're talking about people joining the war. What about future state? You think you think this war will last as long as the last major war did, or do you think this is more of like a six-month kind of content war? I think right now this, I think this war will last. It could be anywhere from six months to a year. I don't see it being any less than six months. It's hard to say right now because obviously you have a stalemate going on, but I don't see it going more than the six to. A six, I don't see it going any less than six months. All right. Nick, do you have any questions? Oh, oh no, I'm going to keep my big mouth shut for right now. But one thing I will say, if you remember the initial, you're talking about going six months, but everything's in a stalemate right now. Remember the initial push in World War B, Vietnam, the last big war, when the Pappy forces were initially trying to break into Fountain, that went on longer than what we're doing right now. But once they busted in, that's a different story. So if someone makes inroads in that, you know, Y 1918 up north, going either way, that could break the front open. Yeah, that's true too. Yes, and I think, I think one of the biggest things that that fraternity has right now is uh, they have to fight on a lot of different fronts so they they've not only do they have to worry about branch they have to worry about their renter space in tino they have to worry about being hit in geminate even 
even Parkman to a certain extent. And every time something happens in PureBlind, they have to move their supers all the way to, to PureBlind. If something happens in branch, they have to move them all the way back to branch. And those are not, those are not easy move ups. They have to cross regional gates. They have to, those are like 90 to two hour, two hour move ups. Like you saw in the YTech 19, they brought their super fleet. And like the day after they had to move their entire super fleet to pure blind. And they had to, it's basically, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work for their FCs and for their super pilots to go back and forth like that. And of course now they don't have a super cap fleet in, in their home space or to the east, which makes them extremely vulnerable to their routers being, to the, being hit to, and now other groups like last night are taking the opportunity to drop their, their, their caps on renter caps on al on their allies caps because they don't have that super cap umbrella anymore and i know i was gonna say are people actually riding with supers or or anything like that so like are they able to get dropped in their in their own space by you know hunters or anything like that oh yeah so there's a lot of there is a move up there's actually uh there's a lot of opportunity for dropping capitals just a couple of days ago in BKJ and BKG, in fact, I can link that BR real quick. Right, I'm going to link it. You saw a move up of, it was 14 dreads that were moving across the regional. And I don't know if the move up was poorly managed or whatever, but they managed to get five of those dreads caught and they were dropped on by a nano super and like a billion Munins and bombers and kikis before before fraternity was able to respond and besides that i know the branch renters and the tnl renters they love their marauders they love their putting out their capitals on field which is a lot of it's basically it's there's a lot of opportunities to drop all right, because I was I was thinking, oh, they're moving, but they're moving in their own space. But even in their own space, it's still hostile, whether it's your move ops or your actual ratters or PVEers. Yeah. So, for example, to get into branch or to Tino, they unless they want to go the really long way, they they have to cross that regional gate, which makes it. Very, very prime target. Yeah, because Vino also has NPC space, so it's really easy for people to stage out of there. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's, that's a good call too. Like the logistics behind all of this, which obviously creates fatigue. Fraternity potentially fighting a war on two fronts, because when they attack GTC, then they could be getting attacked also in Geminit. I'm glad we had this because I did not realize there was all this stuff behind the scenes that I wasn't paying attention to. I was just seeing battle reports and hearing stories. Nick, do you have a question? It looks like you're moving your mouth, but... Well, I'm just thinking logistics and morale are the, like two of the biggest factors in any of these protracted wars. So, you know, keep them bouncing back and forth and where, the, where someone's logistics down on either side, eh, it can get tough. I, I will say I've been impressed by some of uh, Fraternity's overall strategy. 
with some of the some of the moves they have made have been uh, pretty fun to fun to see. Like for example, we were like I was talking about refing the now their Navola Fortizo in order to make their timers coincide with other timers. So they had to either choose to defend Navola Fortizo or defend Sec Fortizars. In fact, we saw bec the reason we were able to get that 7RM Fortizar down was because they diverted like 150, 200 people to defend Navola, which was at the same time. But there, I remember there was one fight where they actually reinforced their own Fortizar in Navula so that we could not reinforce it to make the timers coincide. And then there's another time where they unanchored all of their jump bridges right before, right before another timer so that we could not, again, we couldn't reinforce them before the, before the timers, which was, I thought was very, very cool strategy by them. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. And so for further context, Novula is the Fortizar and Poshvin. So if you, if they lose that, then they can never get it back. There's no way to get stuff back in Poshvin. Plus Novula would then, even though it's a low, originally was a low sex system, it acts like a wormhole. So it's not like they can just asset safety their stuff or not worry about it. They would just lose all to the attackers. But yeah, that's impressive. I didn't, I never considered that. All right. So war potentially going on. We had somebody in chat also say, I think they're from Fraternity, and he said, people voted to extend the Brave Volta thing, so fatigue is not a problem. So it sounds like both sides are ready to go for at least six more months with fighting. I had fun. I streamed it last week, and I had fun just watching. Like, I wasn't, like, I didn't have any stake in the game. There wasn't even really a fight, but it was fun streaming it and talking to folks about it. Lots of, lots of people. Uh, using propaganda and like cheering for their side. So it was good to see. I haven't seen any good propaganda memes yet, so I'm, but I'm, I'm starting to watch for them. Those are always great. Yeah, the memes are... Oh, yeah, if, so Braves and Volta's propaganda has been on, on point for the last week or two. If you just check the Arts uh, Last Eve, I think most of the top posts at the moment are propaganda from Brave and Volta. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of a lot of uh, good good propaganda going out. Good memeing going both ways. Outstanding. So he's the best with like Eve stuff. Is the memes like nobody cares about the actual fights? Just we want to see memes. All right, I think those were all of my sort of like questions, line of thinking. I don't know, Casey, if you have anything more to add, or Nick, you have any further questions, or if anybody in chat has questions. Chat, this is your time. You can ask Casey and Rain anything related. Leave me alone. I'm just engineering. Just press his buttons in the background. Like, Casey, you have anything further you want to add or touch on or say things we should be paying attention to? I think, so the ECTAC iHub was the last iHub that will ever be coming out in U.S. time zone. So I think from there, it's going to be, the ball is now in more or less it's more or less in brave and gtc's court now that our defensive basically our defensive hole has more or less been has been filled so now it's going to be it's going to be a long protracted war i don't know when the next big fight will be next next big fight could be any time 
back and forth. Alrighty, thank you there. Yeah, once again, that's engineer pushing the wrong button. Yeah, I was gonna say, you're, you're good, Casey. So Casey was Nick for you. So Casey was saying he doesn't know when the next fight will be, but just to keep an eye out, predicting not U.S. time zone based on the timers that are set. Yeah, and uh, Rissy asked a question: if there's any mercenary involved, fraternity. So I don't know if skill you. Sk I, in fact, I know skill you doesn't worry about money at all. So I would not be surprised if they're doing it just for fun or just for free. But uh, Deepwater Hooligans, it would not surprise me if that was a money thing. I don't know about anything anyone else they might have or might be hiring. And then on the other side of Brave GTC, we don't have any mercenaries, any of the neutral groups that have showed up to support us have basically reached out to us directly to to see if they could help without needing any prompting from us. Alrighty. No, that's good. That was a good question. Alright, so if nobody else has anything, I don't know, Casey, if you have any final thoughts you want to say, shout outs or anything like that. And then we can we can end it for this week. I wanna shout out all of those I have a couple of shout outs. I wanna shout out all the those and brave EU guys that stayed up until like 2, 3 a.m. for that FTEC and IHUB timer. There's a lot of you folks, so thank you for that. And then I also want to shout out all the all the Rintuko guys for all the all the great fights that have been going on. And uh, keep bringing your A, a game. And of course, since century. When we went, first came into Pureblind, Brave's FC bench was like, we did not have many FCs, I'll, I'll be honest, but now I've seen our FC team improve like dramatically and all the Brave FCs have have improved in their own, own right. And uh, I think it's just been great to see all that personal growth happen. Awesome, thank you. And so with that, we'll wrap up today's show. We do plan on having a show. Oh, actually, I'm not here next weekend. Maybe we'll have a show what? next weekend or we can push it to Monday. So this was about the war in the North, KC being a part of Brave FC team, talking about his side versus Fraternity and Winterco. There's also a war going on in the South. We're probably going to touch on that as well. I feel like that war has lasted at least long enough to have some decent stories. So lots of stuff going on this summer for eve which is actually really surprising because usually stuff never happens so thank you with that i'll let nick sign us out and then i'll find someone to raid all right y'all have a good day